0: This episode is sponsored by Coastal Leather Supply, created by Leather Crafters for Leather Crafters, supplying premium leather, tools and all your other leather working needs. Specialised in vegetable tan leather such as buttero, Pueblo and many others. They ship internationally and are trusted in the Australian and New Zealand leather working community. Visit CoastalLeatherSupply.com.au So welcome to episode 30 of the Joseph M. Leather Podcast. So we have a returning guest, Steve from Gully Leather. So... Uh, welcome back, Steve. Uh, good to be back. Thanks for uh, being the debutant for the video Zoom as well, or the video recording versions as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh
1: no, it's good to be back. Yeah. I knew Joe, when uh, he wasn't famous.
0: I'm not famous. <laughs> <laughs> Hardly. Um. Well, I haven't had I haven't had an interview from anyone, so I'm not famous. Yeah. So. Nah. Um. Yeah, Hey, you been? Like, I can't believe it's been over a year and nearly one month. I think, yeah, nearly a year and one month. I think the first yeah. episode went out. And I think your the episode that we did is actually the most popular, to be honest, if I look at the analytics. Only? Yeah. Cause I think because people go to the first
1: one. Yeah. I'm not used to being popular. So, <laughs> let me just check.
0: Um... Yes. Yeah, so how, how have you been? I guess. Is it? Is yeah.
1: Yeah. Good. Good. Just like uh, all of us, you know, we're sort of uh, having to uh, stay healthy and uh, you know, while well, keep doing what we need to do to uh, get by. And yeah, so far so good. I haven't come down with any any uh, pandemic related um, <laughs> symptoms.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> A- the asymptomatic symptoms. Yeah. Um, yeah. The um. I was in like your workshop, I know you can see in the background. That's like being a new yeah. instalment, which I was fortunate to see. Um,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, how is um... oh,
1: yeah. it? Uh, it's coming along, it's coming along. I don't know if I can do a quick scan. Mind you, there's not too much to look at just yet, but main thing is I've got my own dedicated uh, studio, which is something I've wanted ever since I was like 16 years old. So I've waited a very, very long time for it. I've been kidding it out. I've been putting in. I don't know if I could scroll around a little bit, but you know, I got a big, big uh, workbench over here, and got got the aircon. I've got uh, putting in a bit of shelving, that sort of thing. Got a lot of bag samples in here, down on the floor that uh, me and Joe have just been looking through the other day. Reverse engineer. And- <laughs> I'm sitting at a I'm sitting at a, a computer table, um, which I restored as well. And we can sort of look this way. You can't see much from here, but sort of beyond that uh, wall there is going to be all my storage. Got some shelving, shelving and everything uh, behind there, so that's going to be where I'm going to keep a lot of my my uh, small machine. And uh, I don't know if you could see it up yonder, but there's a there's my uh, sewing machine on the other side of the table there. So um, that's, uh, and I got a lot more machines in my shed as well. So, so uh, I'm about ninety five percent there. I'm literally um, been putting in a floating floor, so I've been almost like literally got two little panels to go, and then I can, I can start putting the shelves over top of that. So, I've been busy. Uh, Unfortunately, haven't been able to uh, actually make anything lately, but that's uh, because I've been, been. um, working pretty hard just to get the get the workshop all up and running so okay. <clears throat> which is kind of a – uh it's just a huge blessing for me that i've been able to actually get to this point because um up until now i've just been working out of the shed and working out of the spare room in the bedroom and taking over the kitchen and taking over the lounge room and and wife's well, very patient with me but uh but um it's just been great that i've been able to uh to get in here and uh, certainly, uh, sort of doubled my space, which is yeah. good. I know, I know a lot of craftsmen don't have much space. I, I understand that, and I, uh, I, I know what it's like because I've been there. And uh, but just being able to um, have a dedicated space where, you know, you can just put your work out, work on it, and then you go off for tea or whatever, and then you come back the next day, and it's you need to pick off pick Mm. up where you left off which is always great as well so yeah and the kids are kids are older now so there was a time where i could i had to guard every pen and pencil because i'll just put it down i'd turn my back for 10 seconds and it was gone every guaranteed and i just yeah so for you guys out there who've got little kids i understand that as well so but they do grow up and uh, they do get their own lives and um yeah Mm -hmm. so eventually uh, it all works out
0: what counts as a studio? Do you think? because like, I'm in a shed, <laughs> like you wouldn't call that a yeah. studio. Well, that's, I guess you need like uh, your own. It,
1: you need like a. I think any dedicated space. I think you've got to you've got to have a, the right frame of mind, and if you just call it the, the spare room, it doesn't really give your brain permission to uh, to create. You know, you need a space that's dedicated. And any way to dedicate a space is to give it a dedicated name. And uh, that's why I call it studio. But yeah. uh, I also call it the the the, uh, the man cave as well. So it's going to be a bit of both. Yeah. Somewhere <laughs> I can hang out and do other little projects too. i have been doing some picture framing and that sort of thing as well. So I can put some pictures up in here and and uh, so hopefully all these bare walls will be uh, be full of pictures and stuff and posters and. Actually, yeah.
0: I, I was thinking that I need some like pictures behind me to sort of. Brighten it yeah. up a bit, to Yeah,
1: at least a pot plant or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I was, well, I, I was gonna do it in the shed and have like some of my yeah. projects in the background, and um. Oh yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, yeah I have to get some pictures or something, like a pricking iron picture, oh, yeah. picture it
1: wouldn't or it
0: something. Be hard, it wouldn't be hard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. um, yeah, I guess because like, I guess in a in a shed sort of thing you have like all these other things around you and then your stuff's in like it's just on a side or something like you have like a section where you just do your work whereas the studio is like that whole space
1: is yeah, for yeah. your yeah that's what's neat i mean like leather craft uh can kind of take over a lot of space if you let it mm. I, mean, I know some guys work off a tiny little school desk up in the attic somewhere and uh, i don't know how they do it personally but you know hats off to them that they uh, are willing to uh you know use what little space they've got but obviously if you can you can if you can you know carve out a bit of space extra space that you don't have now then all the better so mm. yeah
0: yeah i was i was going to ask you some in regards to the um because you've been because you've been quite busy with um with work and all that um yeah uh how or like what, what are your some of your goals for gully leather i
1: guess uh well my goal has always been to be self-employed I haven't made that step yet um like i said there's uh, too much um uh having to spend money on the shack obviously I've, I've got to want to i want to get to the point where i don't have to spend any money on on the space you know have it all set up so trying to do one thing at a time. First, just get the shack set up, my studio, and uh, and then just yeah, get some shelving in there. Get I got just want to set it up properly. Hopefully, in the next couple of weeks I'll be all done, and then um, yeah, and just 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 really just jump into it. Obviously, if I want to, I want to make enough a range of things, um, but also want to have it start uh, having a bit of a buffer financially uh because they always say that uh, if you're going to work for yourself you want to have so many months of um of money saved up that you would otherwise be earning i'm not there yet either so um so uh, you know once i've spent money on this and i'll i'll be uh cracking down on the savings a little bit more making sure i've got a little bit of a buffer there and uh yeah just really just trying to um i guess um uh get to a point where i've got what's called an acceptable risk you know because um, you know where you know what you're getting yourself into and if you do get into a bit of hot water you can step back without without uh you know self-destructing you know financially
2: mm-hmm. yeah. so
1: uh yeah. so you know you don't want to be too cautious but you don't want to be uh rushing into it either so you know I'm sort of um but i've i've made so much progress developing my workspace that uh you know i'm pretty content where where things are at the moment you know it's uh like i got a really good feeling about this year because i'm I'm just you know all fired up you know and uh i've been collecting all my all my tools and machines and designs and everything uh for years and years now so yeah and uh so i want to be able to uh, yeah make it all come together and work out
2: yeah. remind
0: me when did you what What year was it that you got into leather work what year
1: uh would well, be about uh 2004 okay no so, uh, a while ago yeah so, uh, but when you when you work when you are working a day job you know you have these uh these uh spits and spurts where you know you do stuff for yourself and then you get tied down with work and family commitments and that sort of thing and it kind of peters off and then you kind of get restless again and then you kind of get back into it and you do some work and then you know you sort of get worn down a little bit and then you know but uh, I think what keeps me going and I assume a lot of people is that you are um, you uh, you feel I don't know if this is just a guy thing or everyone um, feels this way but if you're making progress uh, you're a lot more content you're a lot more happy to say well I'm not where I probably want to be but at least i'm still moving in the right direction so that's kind of where i am at the moment where you know i might sort of be making progress and then all of a sudden i'll i'll just like get to a crawl because i've got other things happening and then you can only do that for so long and then you get restless and you think well you know if i want to if i want to have the life that i that i hope for myself and for my family then you know then you get sort of fired up to go again so um so at the moment, I'm in that sort of fired-up mode, you know, where I'm making a lot of progress, which is great, uh, more progress than I would normally make. And, uh, but uh, the main thing is that I'm, um, once I start making things again, then I can, I can make them a lot faster than I used to. So that's kind of where the time factor comes in as well. Yeah. You've only got so much time and so much money and so much energy and so much enthusiasm, you've got to conserve them. You know what I mean. You got to look after them. You know, if you sort of dissipate your uh, your mental energy on other things, then you know you get too exhausted. And and uh, you know, like me, I'm a bit of an introvert, so you know I get sort of overwhelmed if too many too many things are happening all at once. So so I'm quite happy to just take one step at a time. You know, for me at the moment, the big step is just getting my workshop finished. And then the next step is, you know, focus on, um, you know, um, getting out the tools again and and uh, getting stuck into it again. Yeah,
0: Yeah. I'm quite similar actually because um, if if even with when a project takes too long, I start to get like a bit overwhelmed because I just want to get it hurried up and finished. You know, like this stuffle bag. I mean, yeah. I think this has probably been my longest project I've worked on, and yeah. it, it's, it's it's so it's. I'm so like edgy because I just want to get it done, but like you have to go through all these like stages to get it done, and it's like oh, I feel like I'm never gonna get this duffel bag finished. But
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I I guess it's sort of you take on a big project, especially when you're doing a lot of hand stitching. Oh, (laughs) that's
0: what that was. That was the that was when I decided to get a sewing machine. When when I glued when I glued those two straps down, yeah, and I looked at it, I was like. Nah, I want a sewing machine. And and the okay. fact was, because I didn't, I didn't have a stitching pony, like a big enough stitching pony to put it in. Yeah. So it was all sort of, yeah. well, most of it was all, you know, without a yeah. stitching pony, so.
1: Have you seen my stitching pony? I'll just grab it. You, okay. I
0: still, need to or, <clears throat> I still need to order
1: that sewing machine, actually. So this is it's mine. A... This Do you make mine. It? It's actually It's actually two skis. <laughs> so I'll we'll it's that like this. You can actually see the skiing name inside of it. That's... And uh, what I've done is you got a you got a, a wedge at the bottom. And uh, wait a sec. So,
0: oh, I, I, I did.
1: I did see that in your corner. But yeah, yeah. So you've got you got sort of a wood wedge in there, and it's all sort of just 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 screwed in. And then halfway down, you've got a bolt with a with a wing nut on it, like that. So you can tighten it. And then what you do, just put it between your knees, like that. Normally you have a higher chair, and you can lift it out a bit. And then you can just grab uh, grab something like this, just pop it in there, and uh, and then you can sort of hand stitch it and spin it around. And you just sort of uh, put your hand in there to sort of open it up i've got a little bit of padding in there so um so uh, yeah so i made that mm. and uh obviously the uh you can get different types of sewing ponies but yeah this one's great because it's very easy to use i can tension it and uh what you do is you use a um a drafting chair with uh, the flat feet on it so you can get up nice and high and the beauty of it is that you can put it on an angle Uh, It doesn't look like much. I mean, if you got it bolted to a table, which is fine as well. um, But uh, I like the idea of being able to uh, to move it around and put it aside and that sort of thing. So, so that's my stitching pony. So uh, I just put some leather on it and uh, make sure it's got nice flat surfaces. What I did originally is the skis are the skis are pointy, so I just cut the point off. It's so smart. Like you would never have thought of that. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, yeah, did a few things to uh, to get it get it going, wow. and uh, yeah, so I've used it a couple of times, and I uh, just put a little bit of uh, um, self adhesive sponge foam on there so you know the bag or whatever doesn't get scratched. So uh, yeah, a little bit of kangaroo leather on the top, just to nice make it nice and smooth. Make sure there's no sharp corners, so you might want to cut the corners off or file them off or whatever, so you don't scratch your work. And uh, yeah, so that's mine there.
0: Wow. Yeah, because cause yeah. my dad made me my, my stitching pony, right? and they're, they're pretty yeah. easy, like, in theory. Like, you just get, like, a door hinge to make it, you know, fold down and one yeah. of those wing nuts to fold it in. But, yeah, they're, um, I just needed, what, like, a huge one because the bag was so, yeah. like, long. It can't just yeah. fit in the, you know, your little one, so. Yeah. but And they are yeah, very expensive yeah. as well. I Yeah. So. That, um, yeah. That's smart. Okay yeah so um do you like how okay yeah because you can fold it onto this you can put it to the side and hand stitch and all
1: that yeah yeah Yeah. awesome so that's where you kind of like uh, i was saying before you got to make do um the what i love about creativity is is you're not just creating your project you're creating the environment for that in which you make that project and you also create the tools that you need because you can't buy everything you know like in the shed i've made um you know um work benches and things like that i've put i've made shelving Um, i had this whole heap of um uh redwood decking that i got from a friend because they put a deck in and I used all that to make all my shelving in the shed and stuff like that. So I, I really love to uh, repurpose everything and uh, I find that's the uh, – I enjoy doing that as much as creating the, the leather work. Yeah. You know, being I'll, able to uh, just just really think, well, what have I got? Because I like to have like, almost like a little bit of a hardware store at home. I've got bits and this. I've got barrels of pipes and wood and – and everything else. And if I need need something and you know, I can't afford, it, I just I just screw something together, and generally it's quite fine. So mm-hmm.
0: yeah, yeah. I was going to ask you that. So, so what else have you actually made that you you know that you, yeah? What else have you made to help with your leather work?
1: Um, well, let's see. I, I make so many little things. Oh, here's another thing. <laughs>
0: Look at this! Oh, you made. I need to. I need to make one. I need to get one of them or you, make you one know, of. You know what it is?
1: Yes, yeah, strop. A strop. Yep, I made a big strop. <laughs> yeah, that's. Cr- so it's almost as big as a cricket bat. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty rough, but I've got smooth leather on that side. Yeah. And I've got I've got the flesh side of another piece of leather on that side, and I've also got a uh, a, a hand guard. So if a knife goes too far. And uh, it's got the roughest handle ever. I just got the big, big file onto it, and uh, yeah, so that's my that's my heavy duty strop. And all I've done is I've actually used the hand guards as the uh, fixing point for the leather. So I've actually hammer, hammered the, uh, the hand guard yeah. onto the leather to hold it. And then I've just I've just um, like I've, yeah I've just used nails and just bang, um, bent them over and hammered them down. So, yeah, so that's another little thing I've made. You need to sell some patterns, uh, Steve. Hey? Sell some patterns or something. like. Yeah, well, because I, I got a design background, I, I sort of see what people got on the internet and think, mm, I reckon I can try something a little different, you know, and, that's, yeah. and I don't think I've ever seen anything like this before. Mm-hmm. So I also make, um, I've got an engineer as well. So if I need to make something, That I can't make like it's made out of steel for example, you know, I have a bit of a bit of trouble, but I have one more thing to show you This is a my splitter.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember I remember seeing that when it wasn't like
1: I just want to show everyone this is an absolute work of art. It's got brass on there Um, It's on a it's got a copper roller copper roller there Uh, all stainless steel. I mean this this guy, he just absolutely did it way beyond my expectations. So, so and, what? Uh, what was the story? Because, because you you just had the blade,
0: didn't you? You just had the blade. Yeah, all, I,
1: all I had, all I had was the blade. Okay. And and um, let's get on my shoulder. It's pretty heavy. And all I, and I had the legs. Okay. So I had the little legs there, and I had the slider. So this bit on the side. That there.
0: What's that for? This
1: that lifts the uh, that lifts the roller up and down. Push the roller down. There we go. You can see the roller, and that kind of pushes the roller up and okay. down. Okay. Wow. And uh, so all I had was four pieces, and um, and uh, I've seen I've seen splitters um, online. You can get them from from different different leather tool makers and stuff but this is by far the best i've ever seen and when i went to pick it up i was just absolutely blown away he even polished it was just dull blue steel uh except for the blade and he polished it up like a mirror and um even he even rounded off all the handle for me so i gave him some photos and uh i even said to him i said is it possible to have put a little bit of brass in there because i like because it just gives that that old school feel." and not only did dip put brass in there but he cross hatched the the uh, the grip on there i don't know if you can see it but these cross hatched all through here there's a special name for it but oh here. so you
0: can for for
1: grip yeah yeah and um so just absolutely amazing. Is, is, is so, he, uh, why, is,
0: why is there a copper roller there?
1: Oh, it's just so when you're doing belt straps that it kind okay. of has to sit under there so it doesn't oh. lift up. Okay, so it kinda holds holds the belt down, yeah.
0: Um so, is, is uh, he is he an older guy or
1: uh, no, no, he's only in his forties. Uh, but he's an engineer and um he's, uh, it's called uh it's called Romec. Is uh, here in Adelaide, mm-hmm. and uh, he's an absolute amazing, amazing guy. You know, he's just really down to earth. Um, you give him some parts or some drawings or some photos or something like that, and uh, I did some uh, little bit of uh, um, a little bit of a blueprint for him as well, and he just came up with uh, with the uh, with this, and I just and he's done a few things like that for me as well. How, is he on Instagram at all? or? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll just uh, get his sticker here, actually.
0: I'll just show you the sticker. Get him to, to make a stitching... Po- so, wait, does, Eng- does he just do... Does he just... Yeah. Oh, okay. Romit. Oh, he follows me.
1: Okay, follow him back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's quite active on Instagram and Facebook. Even sent me a happy birthday. Yeah, uh, my birthday was this month.
0: Does he just do uh, like metal? Like, could he do wood? Like, if I said, "Hey, can you make me a uh, stitching pony?" It's just metal,
1: just metal. But he'll he'll do everything. He does gearboxes and all that sort of stuff as well. He does stuff for for people who race cars and and things like that. He will even make up new valves for engines and stuff like that. Yeah, but like, he's just made so many things for me. And uh, again, I um, yeah. Again, I probably could have saved up and bought all these things, but they would have been small, and you know, and potentially not yeah. not that well made. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah.
0: Get him to and make. And then you have
1: friends as well to help you out. Yeah. You know, I, you know, I got a clicking press, and I had a mate who said, "Oh, he's another leather working friend of mine," and and uh, he, uh, he said, "Oh, there's a clicking press for sale online." I went up there and I found it and and bought it so but if it wasn't for my mate i wouldn't have it so yeah so uh, yeah so it's kind of like you know it just whatever you need obviously try and get as much as you can over time but you know um you know like I've obviously i've just bought i bought things brand new believe it or not Mostly, <laughs> <laughs> occasionally i'll borrow i'll buy something new you know but i try not to if i can get away with it so yeah uh, and also a lot of leather workers are like that they um you know, they will go out and buy the sewing machine that was built in the 1950s or something. You know, and it's well, like I, I did that myself. My first sewing machine was made in made in 1950, and it worked beautifully. Mm. And uh, I can see why people like them. But but buying new is probably you know out of uh, most people's reach anyway.
0: Oh, it is. It's uh... yeah. But you got you got that sewing machine from the 1800s or something. Sorry.
1: Oh, yeah, that's, um, yeah. Um, i got my boot patcher yeah. that's made in 1891. So um, um, so that's a big single one. And um, so uh, that's probably the first one, the first model they made. So, I mean, I've only seen a picture of one of them on the internet because they get the newer ones, which were made in the 1920s and 30s. Um, so the one I've got is almost identical but slightly different design. And, uh, but it's a bit hard to drag out here. It's about 50 kilos. Isn't it
0: because, like, they're called patches because the needle can, like, rotate? Is it, like, can
1: move around? Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure where the name boot patcher came from. Um, Maybe it was there to fix boots. I don't know. Oh,
0: no, not the, I mean, sorry. I mean, the, the boot patches, the needles can rotate. That's what I mean.
1: Yeah, 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 they got yep. they got a needle and they got a couple of wings, like a wing nut, and you can move the wing nut around, and the the foot turns around, so you can stitch in any direction, which is really okay. good. So,
0: so yeah. for like, yeah, for I guess it would have been used for shoes and all that.
1: Yeah, I think it was mainly used to uh, probably because of, because of the the uh, the arm, you could get a boot all the way in there, and you could sort of sp- spin the boot around on the arm and stitch it like that. So. Yeah, I think that's probably I mean there would have been made they would have made boots on it as well of course, but but mm. it's a treadle one, there's no motor, so um so so it's very uh, very much a, a Manteque.
0: Yeah, oh that's cool. <laughs> yeah, um yeah, I'm looking forward to Well well even like um with my bad life if I didn't like you have the you have the bell scarver, and that sort of helped out so it's kind of like you you know, you make friends with people and Yeah we can really assist you with making things so
1: yeah i don't think you can be a leather worker without other friends being leather workers or craftsmen or something because i've had to rely on people and we kind of re- starting to rely on each other for, for different things and and uh you know just just being able to just pull their resources when necessary
2: mm. you
1: know like um i think it's great having online communities and stuff like that where you talk to people Oh you no. know facebook and you can message each other and that sort of thing which is great i love the fact that you can you know like these leatherworking facebook pages people ask questions about what to use for this and that and they get like 25 answers which is fantastic yeah. but uh you know obviously you want to get to a point where you know and be able to help you know, would you know have a lot of experience under your belt, so to speak, and yeah. you know be able to help people as well as as opposed to just trying to get help for yourself, but be able to you know help others too, which is always great. Yeah, sure.
0: like yeah. um, even when I was at your house the other day and we were looking to at those bags and all that, it was like um, it's kind of oh, like I know how to make a rolled hand or I know how to you know do this. Yeah. It's kind of like you you see the bag and like yeah. um. In all its compart, like all the different sections of the bag, like the zipper and yeah. the piping and all that, and it's kind—you of, see, sort of yeah. your development. So it's quite rewarding yeah. in that regard.
1: So, <clears throat> well, well, I'm I'm lucky where I was able to make bags professionally. You know, working for someone else. So, so I kind of uh, I uh, learned on someone else's dime, so to speak. Mm. You know, but um, yeah, I'm still there, of course. But um, you know, I I, um, I you know I. I'm of the view that you, you know, that, you know, life's always got something to teach you. So, always have a, a learning attitude, you know, even if you've been, you know, somewhere for a while. You think, well, hang on, there's probably there's still stuff to learn. There's still people I'm working with that are doing things that I wouldn't mind trying. And, you know, I always keep my eyes open, basically.
2: Mm. You know,
1: just going, oh, yeah, I like the way they've done that, or this and that. So, yeah, you know, trying to incorporate some of their techniques into my designs
0: yeah Yeah. what have you i guess the question is what have you noticed in like mass production of bags like
1: just the general quality of them or
0: yeah Um, i found i know because because the impression that i got when i saw those bags was that there's just like they've put so much little details in them that i would never would have thought of like the yeah. And then what was that French seam or something We yeah, you have okay. those, I don't know, there's just this so many, like, I guess, I guess like for, for me, well, I guess like for a lot of leather crafters, I guess, well, this is a, a, this is what I, I like, I sort of like yeah. the, not like a bunch of little leathers all stitched together, yeah. but mainly like, yeah. you know, you have like three sections or like a full yeah. section um, that's one probably thing I I noticed about the mass manufactured the mm-hmm. bags that I saw. at your house, like there's they use like a little pieces of leather and they stitch them all together, as opposed to having like yeah. big yeah. pieces.
1: Yeah, um, I think it's just a practical practical thing that limits the design, you know, because leather leather hide comes with marks and scratches and scars and things like that, and the bigger the bigger piece of leather, um, you know, you got you're ch- you're actually quite challenged to find a good piece of leather to put a big a big component cut out of, it, you know,
2: mm. and
1: uh, whereas obviously the smaller ones you can kind of jiggle around them. You know, like if you've got two bits of leather joined together, and you've got a scar, will you just sort of leave the scar out and you just yeah. sort of join them again? The so it's always a, I guess a practical consideration um i've worked with big hides and, and you know it's just it's just and and uh yeah just people just don't handle them you know they by the time they get to you you know they've been you can see that they've actually got storage damage on it like they've been scraped against the pallet, or you know or even i've, I've even seen forklift scrapes on top <laughs> of leather you know and you just think, oh, these people realize that they they may they're no not be leather craftsmen, but they're handling something that's reasonably easy to damage,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know. And yeah, uh, yeah. so and then you got obviously you got you know cows like to uh, put their heads through barbed wire fences and all that stuff, so they get all scratched up and yeah. And uh, but I think it's just a practical thing you got to allow for it. I mean, uh, if you got. Um, I mean, obviously, if you're doing a like a like a high-end bag, then probably the the leather is going to be fantastic, and you could probably be fine. But but uh, if you're just using uh, more of a just a you know sort of a more of a lower quality cowhide, for example, then yeah, you're probably going to have marks all over it, and you have to allow for that in your design.
0: Yeah, mm. uh, that was because because that, that that duffel bag is, is it's a one-piece yeah. leather, and when I got the hide. Well, I yeah. found it was so hard to find a spot like without where it was like completely blemished you know you you have like you know you might get some yeah. little you know parts that were taken out of the, the grain surface so you can sort of see a bit underneath yeah. and it was, yeah. it was it was so frustrating because it's like it's just for for such a big piece it was hard to find yeah. like and yeah. it's kind of like if you if you if I'm gonna if, if you were gonna make this bag on mass you know yeah it, it's it's kind of hard to you know, yeah, use the um, without getting like a mark or something on the bag. You got like
1: bigger components and smaller components for most bags, and uh, it's it's a bit like a it's like a big game of Tetris. You know, you working yeah, you know, work on the hide that's two meters by three meters or something, you know, and and uh, like a double butt or something, and it's kind of, and you really kind of think, uh, you know, because you, you know, needs you need obviously so many of each one, you know, for one bag you got. Back and front, and then you got the bottom, then you have got the little sides and the flap, and the handles, and you really got to think of laying it out and getting as much out of that hide as you possibly can, mm. and uh, and there is sometimes a lot of jiggling and moving templates around trying to um, trying to get it right. But yeah, I know sometimes you think, oh, this this hide's beyond me. It's got too many scratches on it, and uh, you know you can't do much with it. Yeah.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, I'll ask you in regards to so your your design back like your design background. So yeah, what what sort of got you passionate about like design?
1: Uh, well, I I I I consider myself a born designer, in the sense that as long as I can remember, right back to when I was you know in primary school, early primary school, um, I could I could design things, I could work things out. You know, um, this is showing my age, but I'm early. Here I am, early, very early primary school. It must have been 1972, right? I must have only been about six years old, and uh, we're making up the Olympic rings. You know, you got the five different coloured rings, uh, the Olympic logo, mm-hmm. and uh, so you had your red ring and your blue ring and your green ring and so on. And our job was to cut these rings out and uh with you know the old flower glue we had to glue it on a white piece of paper so we had to basically make an olympic flag on an a4 piece of paper and um i'm cutting them out and stuff like that and i was focusing on it and i you know the the the, the rings interlink this is the thing each ring interlinks you got the three on the top and the two on the bottom they all link into each other so it's actually quite complicated logo especially for a little six-year-old. <laughs> and, and anyway, I, I got it all and I got it all linked. I was really thinking about it and I was, man, that's got to go under there and that's got to go over there. And I'm kind of, and you could, you had to glue it and not get glue all over your fingers and stuff. And eventually I got it all done. And, <clears throat> and the teacher's like, all right, kids, now let's look at everyone's work. And I'm looking around the room. And I am thinking, any of a little kid, I'm thinking, most of these flags are a disaster. <laughs> Looks like they just, <laughs> there was only me and this one other kid that got it right mm. and so even as a six-year-old i thought this is strange how can me and this other kid can do this and the other 15 kids couldn't yeah. and uh, i didn't have an answer to it back then but as i grew up you know, i started growing a lot and you know and uh, i said i was a bit of an introvert and, uh, and uh, so i didn't make friends that easily at school whenever i did a drawing and i showed the kids i would have all these kids crowding around me and and um and i thought this is cool i'm getting attention (laughs) so i started drawing more and more yeah and um and uh and this happened through high school as well Mm -hmm. but but what i was doing i didn't realize at the time is when i was drawing i was actually designing you know i was you know, when I drew a rocket, I was not just copying it off a you know a, a movie or something. I was actually designing my own. You know, I wasn't doing 100 percent of the time. Sometimes I'd want to copy it, and then, but even when I was copying something from I'd seen on TV, I'd be modifying it all the time. You know, <laughs> I thought, oh, it should have this and this and that, and I'd do robots and you know, I did mechanical horses, and you know, and I did um, all sorts of things, cars, you name it, mm. I did, and. Um, and I was forever, to, you know, actually coming completely out of my imagination. So even from an early age, I knew I loved designing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, I didn't have a word for it at first, but I knew I loved to think up things for myself. And uh, so, um, so then I went, to, um, I went to college. I did a commercial art certificate, or graphic design certificate and uh so and then i got into newspapers magazines print shops um, printers uh t-shirt makers you name it i did it and uh but then it even when even when i was um even when i was working for like the third or fourth newspaper i was sort of thinking you know it'd be really good if i actually designed for myself you know and i was thinking what what could i do you know and i thought well maybe i can just be a freelance graphic designer and i thought mm. I knew people who are freelance graphic designers, and they weren't doing well. So I was at, I was having this dilemma. I think, well, I really want to design. I'm a graphic designer, but I don't want to be a freelance graphic designer. So I was kind of stuck for a while, and I thought, well, I don't have to design um, advertising, or whatever. What I could do is design a product or, or a range of products. And I thought, well, I could do that. I've always designed stuff, you know, what I would hope to make. You know, you know, you know, building a, a rocket that I designed wasn't very practical, so I had to come up with something else. You know, and uh, and then I kept coming back to you know, like you know, a bit of a poor kid. You know, I'd see see someone wearing a nice leather jacket, I thought that's cool. I can't afford that though. And then I see someone with a nice belt, and I think, yeah, oh, really, that's really cool. You know, but no, nah, I can't afford that or a pair of boots. And it was just going on on like a backpack or. A, and it was just going on like right? this quite a while, and I'm thinking, hang on, all the things that I like, I can't afford to buy, but I could probably make them for myself. So uh, and that's kind of where the thinking came in. You know? yeah. And for a lot of leather crafters, they're like that. They might be into archery, archery or shooting, or hiking, or motorcycling. So they already appreciate, you know, something made out of leather that's either going to protect them or you mm-hmm. know, or be you know, have be useful for something. You know, yeah. And uh, so that's kind of where I am. You know, I think well, I like a lot of things, and I like to make a lot of things. Why don't I just make things for other things I like to do? You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of more of a lifestyle choice, if you know what I mean.
0: So, so so you, you feel confident like designing bags yeah. and all that? Yeah, really. Like I mean, like you make making yeah. making patterns and all that. Like you're conf- confident
1: yeah world. yeah i mean i just oh, I, wow, I just because okay. so, I, cool. I can i can um um it's easy for me <clears throat> easy for my visualize visualize something you know i either imagine it myself or i um you know i might see something online and think oh, i like that aspect of design or that but I, w- I wouldn't want that bag as a whole you know i'm like that i just i yeah. I, I I can't help looking at something thinking that's nice, but it could be better. Yeah. Or at least at least something I would enjoy um having. So, yeah. so uh, that's kind of where I come from. I'm sure a lot of creative people like that. You know, thinking, Oh, I'd really like that, but you know, you can't just go to the shop and buy it, you know. Yeah. And uh, you know, so inevitably people start making stuff.
0: So Yeah. That that's probably one of my weaknesses actually is is the pattern making on, like, bags yeah. and all that. Yeah. It's, um... Yeah. And I, I did try and find, like, if there was any books to get, but it's kind of, like, yeah. a new section, like, um, Yeah.
1: you want me to share that book I showed you the other day?
0: Oh, the fashionary. Yeah, but I, f- yeah. I, found, I found it hard because, um, it doesn't give you, like, it gives you the shapes, but it yeah. doesn't give you, like, a, a sort of a scale of how to measure them, if that makes sense. Like, I guess...
1: No, no, it doesn't. It's kind of more of a style guide, I think.
0: Yeah. It's, yeah. So it's hard to. Whereas, like, someone said, like, "Well, yeah. like, here's a pattern," <laughs>
1: you know. Yeah. You can, but. Yeah. Um, but I think yeah. it's um a, a bag pattern is probably, um, it's it, it's it's pretty ba- pretty basic in a lot of ways. You know, you got your sides, your front, you, you know, your pockets, and you know, yeah. you kind of um. I mean what you could do is you can have you could start off with just a big block of wood and say, Okay, that's the size of my laptop case, for example. And you literally just lay that on the on the card and you just allow an extra centimeter around the edges and then you kind of then you got a flap and you kinda wrap the, the paper over the top of it and think, okay, well that's how long the flap has to be and you know, you could probably work it out probably the,
0: one of the things is, is probably the bags that I struggle with is because it's like a 3d it's like a full 3d object and yeah. how, like it's mainly just like how do you make sure the gussets line up with the bag if that makes sense yeah. like this is um, so yeah
1: yeah well I mean there are there are there are ways like you can make the gusset extra longer and then you can just cut it off when it's sewn in for example which is probably the easiest way I mean like um, if it's, a, if, it's a,
0: like a, if it's like a if there's like a like a duffel bag, gusset where it's yeah. like just the side. Yeah, um, yeah.
1: Well, I think there's a bit of um, trial and error. I think. Yeah. But, um, but you know that's where you make a template, uh, make a prototype, and then you kind of uh, tweak, tweak your, your your template. But once your template's fine, once you might have to cut the template once or twice. Uh, but once you once you're happy with it, and you think well that worked out well. Then you know that's mm. your template. Yeah um and you can use pinpricks as well like some people they actually have a like gusset and then they have a pinprick for the middle and then they'll kind of line that up and they kind of might even start sewing from the middle out and then they'll sew the other way so instead of starting at one end and going all the way around they kind of you know start start from the middle and then work the way out so yeah so do things like that as well so
2: yeah yeah
0: and with with a that's and that's the thing as well because i I'm excited with the sewing machines that um, prototyping will be so much more quicker, you know, it's, yeah. So, yeah. I remember I'd, i made like a a prototype for an item and I like, I was hand stitching it. And in the end I was like, well, I kind of know what it's going to look like. I think I got like halfway through it and I was like, don't worry about it. Like I can sort of see how it's all, how it's going to work out. So I think I got like three quarters of a way through and I was like, Oh, I can't be bothered doing the rest. So, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But I think it's, uh, I think it's, uh, I think once you've done a, a couple and see the bag that comes out of it, you know, you probably get a lot more confidence. And um, I mean, like I start off with a sketch. You know, as long as as long as the bag ends up looking like the original sketch, then I'm happy. You know. Yeah. So that's kind of my goal. You know, like I don't, you know, the like you see a lot of commercial bags and they look they look a bit a bit plain a bit uh, anonymous you know they don't really unless you look at the logo you don't really have a clue where they've come from or who made them or where they've been made or whatever um but you know i think when you really sit down and and focus on the design as i said the other day that the best marketing is good design so if you have a if you're happy and you think this is a good design it's different but not too outlandish or anything like that you just you know practical but has some elements in it that sort of sets you apart from from other makers you know and you you follow faithfully follow that that vision for that that um design through to the end then you know you've got something that um um you can be proud of and you know i mean i call it a design philosophy you know where you you want to get a certain feel you know and um i mean you want to you want to be able to promote it in a certain way as well so it sort of carries on and um you know and, uh, you know we live in an age now where we've got we've got cameras we've got we've got you know cars and we can go out locations we can you know you can generally you can generally uh you know sort of sort of uh, develop things on a shoestring this is what i like about uh, taking the time to to make your own templates For some people get templates online that's fine but that's why i call the imitation stage you know we kind of and this happens with painting or whatever you kind of want to emulate the people you admire and then you want to eventually move into an area where uh, you're creating from your own designs if you know what i mean so it's quite nor- it's quite natural and normal and and uh, reasonable to sort of emulate the work of others, but then move on, you know, to something that's distinctly yours, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah well, the the yeah. pattern the pattern that I got that I'm that duffel bag is um is someone else's pattern. Yeah, and I've sort of yeah. added a bit to it, and from the, the So you're doing process. it already.
1: Yeah, yeah but, you're adding to it. You know, already tweaking it. You know, which is a good thing. Yeah. But it's
0: it's kind of like yeah. um. I needed the pattern just to see how all like what the sizes would look like, like sort of, so you can sort of yeah. build it and then you understand, like okay, that makes sense how it's all yeah. designed and all that. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So
1: yeah, but as I said, it's it's, uh, it's it's great. I mean, the main thing is that you 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 know you're learning a lot, not only about the the process and the craft, but you're learning a lot about what you like and you know, and you're learning about, you know, what you need, you know, like, you know, say, <laughs> in the middle of hand stitching, thinking, hmm, I need a sewing machine. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, going back
0: to that duffel bag, um, I only yeah. realised about, like, adding a stiffener to the bottom of the bag. Like, I literally only yeah. learnt that when I was watching one of the the Phillips, yeah. like, he teaches you how to make the, the, the travel bag, and yeah. he adds, like, a yeah. stiff- leather stiffener at the bottom, and I was like, oh, I need to do that for this bag, because if I don't, like, it's going to all, like... Yeah. pull up like when I hold it so that's when, yeah, I, when I had yeah. that blue piece of leather and I did actually yeah. hand skive it and it was like pretty bad but it's for me yeah. and it's <laughs> at, at the yeah. bottom of the bag so no one will see it yeah.
1: but it's all hidden anyway isn't it <laughs> yeah well yeah because yeah. the lining yeah. will go on top of it Yeah, yeah. but
0: yeah it's pretty rough that, like how I skived it yeah also, yeah
1: um, oh, you'll still love it and still use it people will ask you "Well, where would you get that
0: I made that <laughs> <laughs> so just don't see the underneath the lighting
1: yeah but, just don't look too close <laughs> yeah,
0: just, don't, just don't pull the bag apart yeah yeah so but no, it's, yeah. um
1: yeah but oh uh, yes but as i said you know it's um it's just yeah it's just it's it's a journey you know it's it's um that's where the fun is you know i mean i i mean we we all know people who don't have a craft they don't have a they haven't developed any of their talents. Now, I believe everyone's born with talents, but you know they haven't developed them for whatever reason. And uh, yeah, they kind of rely on other people for to, to entertain themselves. You know, you know, and uh, I think it's great that we, you know, you can take away take time away from the world and say, no, I just want to just do my own thing and appreciate. Learn. You, know, you don't want to be scared of learning. I know it can be a bit daunting sometimes. Thinking, I don't know what I'm doing. And I don't know what the next step is. But you know, that's where we can again, where we sort of, if it's got people who can help
0: each other, then it all helps. You know? hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I know that yeah. y- you're interested also in like like can can canvas bags. I know we spoke when, when we yeah. saw, when we when we saw each other. Like we spoke about canvas yeah. bags and all that. Yeah, it's something that some leather crafters use but it's not it's not like a yeah. huge yeah percentage of crafters actually um yeah. Yeah. use canvas that's well, mainly yeah
1: i think i mainly want to incorporate some canvas because of uh backpacks because yeah. um no i mean a full leather backpack looks fantastic but it you know it could weigh a few kilos by the time you've you've you know finished it you know with all the hardware i mean leather itself is i mean depends what you use but if you want to uh depends what you want to accomplish like if i want to actually have bags that are um um, got a bit of an army feel to it or a bit of a norwegian skiing bag feel you know i want to sort of i want to um incorporate a lot of that and a full leather bag may not um um, communicate that you know what i mean so uh, i do want to make full leather backpacks but you know, I do want to. I just want to have um, uh, design flexibility, if you know what I mean. And uh, leather, just by itself, is is just you know, you can spend your whole life just focusing on that. But but uh, yeah, I just want to. I just want to. Uh, I like the way. I like the way how the canvas and leather complement each other, and uh, just the texture difference. The leather's you know, generally nice and smooth, and the canvas has got a lot of you know you can st- stitch stuff and you get that real khaki colors you know if you had if you had a, you had a uh, leather that had a khaki color to it, it doesn't look right mm. so uh, that's kind of the wrong thing i like the real earthy canvas as well so i want to try some of that yeah and, um, yeah yeah and
0: no uh, oh, awesome
2: and,
1: uh, it would be a bit it'd be, it'd be uh yeah just i mean obviously a bit cheaper. that's not the main consideration with me but just being able to just really just put the canvas and leather samples together and think, oh yeah, they'll go so well together. You know, the rich mahogany, um, you know, sort of um, leathers with the you know a nice khaki canvas. You know that sort of thing. You know, I like to try and get a nice big chunky stitching and and uh, yeah. yeah yeah. I think uh, yeah. can can you just, use
0: can you use thinner stitching for canvas? Not like way too thin, but sort <laughs> of a more of like a medium thickness thread, or does it have to be a thick?
1: Yeah, I, I generally use thick um, thread anyway. I yeah. use the thick. Um, probably the thickest I'd use would be like a. Um, would be like the. Um, the thicker it is, the uh, higher the number is. So I'd use a, a like a twenty, and then the thinner stuff I would use would be like a twelve. And oh, it's the other way around. Sorry. Now this, this is probably not how they think I I haven't actually looked into why they number threads the way they do but if because the thicker thread takes up more space so a size 12 thread um, is obviously I mean if you had 12 threads side by side that would theoretically make about a centimeter wide and uh, whereas if it was a thinner thread, you can get twenty threads in per centimeter. If you know what I mean, okay. because it's thinner, you're getting thinner thread into a smaller into the same space. Yeah. So um, so you yeah, So so a the thicker the thread, the lower the number, and the thinner the thread, the higher the number. Yeah. So it's kind of you, it's opposite to what you would think. You think a you'd think a twelve thread would be thin and a 20 thread yeah, yeah yeah blah, 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 yeah anyway i don't want to confuse anyone <laughs> confusing me no it's a, yeah it's but, a, yeah the, like if the, you the, use a tw- generally if you use a 20 thread then that's nice nice thick thread it's not okay. too thick it's good for most things so okay i've got about 15 oh, boxes of tools ha- and each box is for a particular you know <laughs> one's for skiving one's for gluing one's for riveting one's for uh, what else we got? We got uh oh, one's just got keepers in it, you know, so yeah. I kind of keep everything separate, but that would take a whole episode just to show you oh. all those. Um and uh yeah. And he- you got the old, all the old uh, all the old leather books. I just grabbed my stick.
0: Ha- have you been up to Darwin anytime soon on a, on a motorcycle?
1: Up to Darwin?
0: Yeah, on a on a motorcycle <laughs> since we spoke last. Oh time. no, no, that
1: that was a one-off. Yeah. that was a one-off. I'd love to do it again, but oh really? Uh, yeah, yeah.
0: Like, yeah. like, do you like just being isolated in, in the middle of nowhere?
1: Um, I don't know. Like I said it all depends if I've got everything I need. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, yeah. yeah. Um. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, I'm a pretty curious guy. If I was in a new area, I probably wouldn't get much work done. I'd be out hiking and exploring and that sort of thing you mm-hmm. know I have a lot of interests you know like you know it's just gone through old secondhand bookshops and things so yeah. which is why I got some of these I got the old this is general leatherwork that's a really oh, old wow. book yeah I don't know when that was made was it 1949 uh, oh wow. what do they have is it yeah
0: isn't a is it an, an Australian book
1: or uh, probably American most of these in american i think uh yeah illinois and um what projects does it have in it um it's got uh yeah wallets and uh and and coin pouches and and how to stitch how to glue how to braid
0: um, it's, it's so interesting
1: how to punch sorry how how to, how to carve even a little book like that little book like that it's kind of that's just a, a little a little leather craft book but i like these old books because they um i've got a few a few of them around i've got a couple more here i think the, the leather craftsman yeah that's just a little magazine and that's got like templates and things in them oh that's good. But it's all very it's all very western though yeah um you know it's got uh, so you know a lot of that stuff is you know like carving deer and things like that this one's called uh, Project Designs from Al Stockton. A lot of people would have heard of Al Stockton. Yeah, I got, his... yeah. I got one of his prolific publisher.
0: I got one of his. He makes
1: a lot of that. Just these little bits and pieces there. Yeah, and this one's just just called Make with Leather. So, uh, and that's a Tandy one. That's that's from 1981. Then you got the good old Tandy catalog, which is always handy to have. So, um, and uh, there's an older see that one was from uh that was from 2004 so that's when i started Leatherworks. so i would have picked that up when it was new yeah where, where did and, you get uh, that from like uh just from the leather shops i think oh no mm-hmm. or was it yeah because um one of the leather shops um he they were a tandy distributor so um so that's where they sold those and um but yeah i just pick them up pick them up uh, from you know I just rummage through, um, you know, old bookshops and stuff, and sometimes I find exactly what I'm looking for. That's what I love about being, being uh, curious about the world. More often than not, I find what I'm looking for.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, whether I'm going to, you know, a normal shop or a bookshop or an op shop, or I always tend to find what I'm what I'm looking for, which is always good. Yeah. Or I can do what I was saying before, where we, I like to repurpose stuff. So I yeah. find something that might be designed <laughs> for something luck. else. And I think, actually, I could use that for what I need, you know. So I do that as well. So Yeah. That's part of the fun. You know, I like to be able to um, bring unlikely things together and uh, make something new out of them. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I just I'd- love creativity in general, you know. I just love to be able to uh, repurpose things and, and uh, combine things and uh into into new things mm-hmm. so uh even go back to you know i was saying the tools i made i'll show you one more thing so this was this was um that's what i just want to keep all my tools on now, that's, that's cool. just a magnet strip at the back you can just get those magnet strips from any hardware store but what i did is i had these um i had these uh ends these cast ends um which had these rods on it and um I just had it sit in the shed. I had an old machine that I dismantled and uh because it was taking up a lot of room. It was a book stitching machine. And you know, I thought, you know what, I'll I'll use that one day. I didn't know what for. And uh I just grabbed the magnet strip and it literally took me five minutes to bolt it together. I had to cut down the cut down the uh the rods just to make it shorter. But, yeah, so I've got all my tools on there. Oh, that's cool. And, uh, yeah, so that kind of sits on the table like that. Wow. So, uh, yeah, and, again, that was something that I, instead of just, most of the time what you do is just grab the magnet strip and you just drill it to a wall, which is what most people do. But I thought, you know, I'm going to do something different. Yeah. I'm going to bolt it because I already had the bolt holes there. I just had to. The original bolts were still in the bracket, so I just sort of took them out, put the magnet strip on, all together, bang, it's done. Yeah. So sometimes oh, cool. things just come together so well.
0: Yeah, I don't think I haven't been as as creative as you as as you actually. Let me think of. Nah. I Probably made like a a or I
1: did have that. I just showing you before, you know, even even I've got um, just a big a big bit of railway line here. Yeah. You know, you can use that. So I just ground it back a bit. Just hadn't ever made it, just had a whole length of railway line. I said, oh, if I get a couple of big cutting discs, because he had a big uh, circular saw, and I said, if I get the cutting disc, would you be able to give me a piece of it? And he said, no worries. So uh, it actually cut like butter, believe it or not. I thought that would be really tough. But,
0: yeah, that's what I thought as well. But, you know, you do a lot of
1: hammering on it and that sort of thing when you're doing studding work or whatever. Yeah. Put down something solid. So uh, it doesn't have to be a big piece. like This could be just a big block of steel. But, uh, but uh, you know, we got a, got a bit of railway line at work that we use a lot, so I thought, yep, I'm going to have one. Of course, How typical did... me, mine had to be twice as big as the one at work. The one at work is half the length of that. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, no, I, gotta... I, mean, I could always cut it in half and have two of them, so that's okay. How did he get or... some railway line?
0: Some I, he lived a... on
1: a property. He had quite a few acres and um, he lived out in the country, so I think he was probably going to use it for fencing or I'm not sure what. I think he did. He built, like, big chicken coops and all sorts of things. He'd been there for decades, so he accumulated a a lot of stuff. Yeah. And he was pretty creative himself, so um, he um, he used to make all sorts of things. He made his own uh, uh, big hydraulic um, log splitter on a trailer, and uh oh, it was it was an amazing thing you just build it from scratch you know you can throw yeah. it around the property and you know for a big limb would come down or something and he'd be able to you know break it all up for firewood and that sort of thing you know so
2: hmm. but i never learned
1: to weld so I, I had to choose a something else that was a little bit more easy to work with that woodwork was kind of too took up way too much space and too much mess yeah and um, Whereas leatherwork to me it seems well, you know that's manageable. Something I could do, I can enjoy, I can use what I make, and it won't take up, you know, yeah. half, half an acre just to <laughs> just to uh, to um, you know accommodate it all. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. It's um it's amazing there's just like um yeah the cre- the creativity of some people just being yeah. able to bring some raw materials and make yeah. something
1: yeah out of it. Yeah, well, creativity is a a wonderful. uh, You got you got what I would call artistic people who are very good at their art, Uh, and then you got people who are very creative. May not even have an art at all. You know, they might just be just making things around the house and building, you know, simple furniture or whatever they're doing. You know, but they are creative because they're kind of adapting things and repurposing things. The way I look at it is creativity is like. um, um, you take the phone, right? You've got two sides of your phone. Um, you've got the front and the back, right? Now, the front, if this was creativity, right, the front would be um, repurposing and the back would be um, combining in interesting and novel ways. So you're, you're taking... you, you So you, you, you're either repurposing a single object or you're recombining multiple objects in novel ways. So that's essentially what creativity is. So, um, and that can just be in leather work as well. You think I like, somehow incorporate something that may not necessarily have been made for leather work originally, but you can think, well, you know, incorporate something, you know, and even if it's just putting little gum nuts on the end of a, a, a zip pull or something, you know, just anything, just anything that's say, so, you know, it's not made the other work but it can be used for it you know what i mean so it's good to think that way and um you know and uh, so i like i like to do that you know i like to uh, i don't want to go too too off left field but i do want to be able to think that way whatever i'm doing so so like you're saying with this with this uh, this piece of railway line, it was not designed <laughs> for leather work. It was designed yeah. to move trains. You know? Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and that's what you got to do sometimes. You think, well, I need a big block of steel that I can pick up. It's got a lot. Like, you know, put your hand around it, pick it up, and move it around. Yeah. And uh, I thought, well, you know, I've seen people use bits of railway line. I'm going to do that, you know. And um, so, uh, you know, so that's what I like about it. Yeah, you know, you should be able to. Just to really kind of, um, you know, don't look at something as, okay, that's made for that. You know, I always think, well, yeah, it might be made for a certain purpose, but what do I want to use it for? You know what I mean? That's the way I think. You know, I like to think creatively. You know, I'm not satisfied with limiting an object to its intended purpose. You know, for me, an object gains in usefulness if you find other uses for it. You know what i mean so i mean the easiest one is to to use a rock as a, a paperweight that's probably the simplest example you know the rock was never designed as a paperweight but it's so useful as a paperweight you know and um you know and uh and in leather work you think well, you do a bit of gluing and you need to hold something down a big rock on it, or a brick or something you know you can do things like that like i've used i've actually had bricks like solid bricks where i've, I've actually Wrap them up in wrapping paper, uh, and I've used them as weights because yeah. the bricks are obviously rough, and you don't want to scratch anything. Yeah, yeah. I've actually wrapped bricks in wrapping paper, so I, they're they're soft. Um, I think I've yeah. used like calendars and stuff, you know, old calendar paper, and wrapped it all up and taped it, and and, uh, and they were they were perfect. They were not too heavy, not too light. You could stack them, you know. And uh, say so just simple things like that. I mean, bricks are made to build houses, not to weigh stuff down, you know. And uh, just that's what I like because pe- I, I guess my biggest concern is you've got people who want to do a craft or they want to do a um, – uh, and they just think, oh, I can't. I can't afford it. I haven't got the money. And um, because they're not thinking creatively, not thinking, well, how can I get – how can I have something I need or make something I need because you can't can't go out and buy everything you want, you know. I mean, a lot of the stuff we may need doesn't even exist, and that's where the inventiveness inventiveness comes in. You need to be able to, um, say, well, you know, I'm not going to let that stop me. I'm going to figure out how to how to design it and make it myself. So, and uh, so I'm just as happy making something. I'm just as happy making a tool than I am making using the tool. if you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To me, it's all part of the creative process. Mm-hmm.
2: That's so, cool.
0: Yeah. I don't think I actually even have any pattern white. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, that's probably one thing I do need to get. <laughs> I think I think I've just yeah, well, used like a big clump of um, like steel or something. I don't know. I think if I've used like a solid block of metal or iron or whatever it is. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I need some little pattern white. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I've got. I've got. Some... Mm.
0: Some bricks. Give me some bricks. This is pattern. This is actually a bit of tram line.
1: Oh, cool. Yeah. And uh, it was actually broken. It's got the hole where they used to boulder it together. Yeah. So it's just a miniature version of the railway line, but it's from a tram. And this thing must be over 100 years old. It was so pitted and so rusted. I got the, uh, the, uh, the grinder onto it to clean it up. But that's one of my pattern weights. Yeah. You know, but you can just use anything. To me, if it's, you know, if it's useful, it's 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 a tool. You know, mm. uh, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, yep. yeah. And I said, if I can't make it, I'll just get someone else to make it for me. Mm. So, yeah, yeah. You I've need got heaps of things that people have made for me. Yeah,
0: yeah. You need something off like a okay, um a plane now and a helicopter. You got like a train, tram. Yeah. Get <laughs> something from a
1: bus. Get something from, like... I don't know. was I think about it, I might have something around.
0: Have some I'm nuclear like, oh, reactor from a submarine in, in your shed.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, um, well, I said, I'm so, I'm, it's such second nature for me to think that way that I couldn't even tell you what I've repurposed. I mm-hmm. just, just think, oh, I need that. I'll do it, you know? Um, we'll have to make some stitching ponies.
0: Um, actually, I'll show you... I will show you a stitching pony, and we'll see if you can actually um, manufacture one.
1: Yeah.
2: And
0: I know these po- these stitching ponies are really popular. Yeah. Do you know? Have you ever, ever heard of Dream Factory? No. We sell some really popular stitching ponies.
1: I'm I'm seeing the ones you can sit on. They're like they're literally like a pony. You know, you sit on them, and they have got the you know the clamp in front of you and that sort of thing, and
0: Oh wait, can you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: I've seen that, seen those. They're really nice. Yeah. And um, um, but um, I like the I like to be able to move the the the, the pony around because yeah, especially if I'm stitching from both sides. Quite often, I want to turn it one way to put the first needle in, and then flick it around to put the other needle in. If you know what I mean, I don't want to be moving my head from yeah. the other side to side too much yeah so that's why i use the old school design because they uh yeah literally just like you have to need something like a bar stool or or a um or a drafting chair or something to sit on and it gets you up nice and high and um the beauty of it is you have to get up you don't have to lift yourself out of the chair just slide off and you know put it aside and and that sort of thing so i think that's uh, i mean that's all i've ever used so Mm -hmm. so for me that's normal you know and uh, again, if you've got like a small space and stuff, but those skis were given to me, you know, I used to have a, f- a friends who used to go skiing, you know, good for them. But I never, <laughs> they had all these old skis and they do you want them? Yep, I'll take them. And yeah, and, um, and, uh, yeah I made a um, stitching pony out of it. And it cost me a bit of scrap of wood, um, some screws and a bolt, you know, so and a little scrap of leather. And it's mm. done. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. 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 And he took, um, uh, and that was just really basic tools. I've just got a little clamp, of, you know, uh, that was just my core, my cord drill, you know, just my old drill, just drilled the holes and screwed it together. And yeah. It didn't look pretty, but it works. Could
0: yeah. have you made it, like, a bit shorter like this so you don't have to get on a
1: stool to, like... yeah, yeah, there's no reason why it has to be that long. Oh, okay. you I can mean, cut the bottom off a little bit as long as you've got the, the, the curve. Yeah. So there's no reason why it has to be... I think the only reason it's that big is because so, uh, the the top to the centre bolt is is um, is probably yeah almost a meter, so you can probably fit some quite big stuff in there. Yeah. So that's probably the only advantage of it is having it quite big. Yeah. Where if you've got a small bolt on one, then you're pretty limited to what you can put in it.
0: Oh no, I mean like um because it's so long because you have to get on a bar <laughs> stool. Could have you just cut the. the sh- the bottom a bit shorter so you can just sit on like a normal... Oh, you wanted to yeah. make it really long. Okay, that's... Okay, uh,
1: yeah. I wanted it as long as possible, oh, okay, but there's, yeah, no that reason, makes sense. there's no reason why you can't make it shorter. Yeah, yeah okay. So okay. Uh, you just cut off the bottom, the bottom, um, you know, 30 centimetres or whatever, and that'd be fine. So, yeah. 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 The main so, thing is you've got that wedge shape at the bottom so you can sort of get the curve going a bit. Yeah. Because you want it as wide as possible. You don't want it too parallel. You want to get a bit of space in there, but... Mm-hmm. And um, but it worked. Mm-hmm. I was really amazed at how well it worked, considering it was just you know, just they're just fiberglass skis. They weren't even proper wood wood skis yeah. like they used to. Be,
0: so yeah, mm. oh, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, because yeah. usually because it's, it's a very unique shape as well. Those those ones like you usually have to get a piece yeah. of wood that like goes like that. Whereas like the skis are sort yeah. of naturally, you know, yeah. that sort of shape. Yeah. So that's. Yeah, yeah it is a
1: bit narrower. I think the wood ones do go quite wide at the top. Like mine are a little bit narrower, so but it's so it's probably you know, for me it's fine.
0: Yeah, but, but I think some of the them
1: proper ones are a little bit wider. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I think you can get. I heard somebody. Yeah, I was going to say yeah, I,
0: I think there is yeah. some that are kind of like yours, like that aren't yeah. as wide, but yeah, you can get the. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, but
0: they're still good. I I like
1: them yeah but yeah i never never ever feel you're limited by lack of tools i mean it is a pain not having everything you need but you know for me it's like well i actually enjoy making tools as well so you kind of have to it's kind of an essential thing anyway Mm. you know um you know you don't want to be having to you know like some of this leather stuff you know if you buy an old um stitching yoke like mine, you know, a proper one, you know, it might be an antique. Someone might want, you know, set up for four or 500 bucks, you know, and you think, and then it would probably be, you know, who knows where in the world. And, you know, it'd just be too cost prohibitive to get it to you. So I thought, well, I just have the skis sitting in the the shed. They're 90% what I want anyway. So I'll just make mine.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And then there's always Mm. a hardware store around the, or well, there's a hardware store around the corner as well. So it's not. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, always
1: get it's little that's, supplies. That's, I think when you're, well, I think when you're creative, you know, your hardware store is like your second home, you know, and uh, I'm, sure I'm forever going down the aisles thinking, I could use that, you know, again, I'm looking at everything in the hardware stores and I'm thinking, yeah, I know what it's designed for, but could I use it for something else, you know, it's like when I showed you the piping. Um, cord I've got oh, yeah. it's just clothesline cord you know I love doing that I love saying well I just want something that looks like what I'm looking for I don't care what the packaging says yeah. and uh, I just found the I just found the clothesline cord that was the white diameter I was looking for and I thought done yeah mm. it cost me like four bucks for 50 meters or something
2: yeah you know
1: so and it's good and it's 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 close cord. It's got to be you know pretty pretty rugged stuff.
0: Oh yeah. Well, has mm-hmm. to survive like rain, hail, or shine. So
1: yeah, yeah. So for me, it's like you know great, you know. Yeah. And uh, I mean, lots of things like that. You know, even my clamps and things. Like I show you my clamps. I got I got lots of different types of clamps, but there's your typical little ball clamp, right? But oh, what yeah. I've actually got. But what I've actually got is it's actually covered in leather.
0: Yeah, I know that guys do that and uh, um, it's a smart uh, idea.
1: So there's 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 the, there's the leather and I've just put a couple of little slots to put in there and then all I've done is is tuck it in there mm. and I've got this nice soft leather ball clip which I can just put onto whether I'm whatever I'm gluing or yeah, whatever. Yeah. That's smart and nice. I made these up years and years ago. And and they they look brand new, mm. and uh, I just use a little bit of uh, yielding and uh, just a simple thing like that, you know. The, you know, but if I used the ball clips by themselves, they would have put dents in the leather yeah, itself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But now, but they're not too strong. I, you know, they're quite a good force. But um, but yeah, I made up a, a dozen of those, and I've had them ever since.
2: Mm. So
1: again, another little thing. I just enjoy making them because they're so useful, but and find something like that off the shelf you won't find it mm. you know, it's all plastic or steel and and uh
0: yeah well, it wouldn't be yielding weather through
1: for... no no definitely yeah. not so again something you kind of have to invent stuff just to just to get things done sometimes mm. so that's uh, smart yeah so uh, i mean i said I, I can't i i'm so used to doing stuff like this like I, I wouldn't even be able to tell you what they all are i'd have to go around there oh yeah i did that i did this yeah. You know? So, uh, yeah. yeah. No, I, I do like the
0: studio and the fact that you got like air conditioning in yours like Oh yes. Yeah.
1: I think it's a com- comfortable uh what have we got? Uh eighteen degrees at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean the main thing with a sewing machine is get yourself a walking foot machine. Um it's the only way to go with leather work. And um I've got an electronic one so it doesn't actually have a motor up underneath the, the table. So you don't have that droning of the motor. So it's very quiet. You only hear, it, you only hear the stitching. That's all you hear. And uh, whereas my first sewing machine, my singer from 1950, sounded like I had a little jet engine underneath the, the table.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> but now it's so quiet. And, uh, yeah, you even forget it's on sometimes. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, walking foot, whether it's electronic or not, just make sure it's a walking foot machine. Otherwise, your stitches are going to slip, and you're going to get big stitches and little stitches, and you're going to get scratching the leather and yeah. just a yeah. mess. Yeah. Apart from that, just practice. Mm. Just get on there and uh, and uh, you know just to get used to the machine.
0: You have to show me how to
1: on. use it next time I yeah. come over. Yeah. Yeah, no. it's pretty straightforward. So uh, you know, get good um, get good lights to it. They never have enough lights built into the machine yeah so i buy these um magnet lights you got led at one end and, and magnet on the other and it's you plug into 240 volt but the good thing is because the machine's uh metal you can just put it anywhere on the machine you like mm-hmm. and you can get them they're only made in china but they you know you pick them up for like six or seven dollars they
2: last interesting
1: so, uh, little things like that so mm-hmm. yeah but yeah, I'm not a, I just said it's pretty straightforward. Just make sure you get a good walking foot machine, even if it's an old one. Most, mach- most old ones are not walking foot, so you kind of have to shop around a bit. But um, I think the easiest way is to try and buy it from a secondhand dealer, maybe. Maybe they'll have some. But I mean, ones that sell sewing machines, but might have some secondhand machines available. Mm-hmm. I guess it's like anything. You put your, you let them know what you're looking for, and if they if something comes up, they give you a call, and Yeah and, uh, and you got one. So oh, awesome.
0: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Do, do do you own a? Do you have a round knife? A round knife? Yeah. Yeah, I got two, two of oh, them. oh do. You? Okay, cool. Because yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't have we, one, and I want to get one.
1: <laughs> well, they're only you can buy a brand new one. Uh, like yeah. a reasonably good quality one for fifty five dollars.
0: Yeah, they're not that expensive.
1: Yeah, I thought they're a lot more expensive. I mean you can probably get better quality ones cost more, but yeah. the, you know, just, just to have have one, you know, you just, just get start off with so uh, I'll show you the one I've got. But...
0: Do, do you use it very often? Yeah. Oh, cool. And uh,
2: where
0: is it? We could probably do a podcast and do leather work at the exact same time.
1: I think. Yeah, yeah. So i've got this is my this is my original one just in a in a um, mate actually gave this to me this it, it was actually uh as a typical case of you know my mate helping me out getting started so just a little one but you know you can use it to cutting and and splitting and and uh you can use it for, for skiving that sort of thing so it's useful for so many different things the one the, the one i just bought recently just comes in this nice little box and about the same size but um that's a um that's an ivan one actually they make a lot of beautiful hardware so um so uh, and that's just uh, 55 bucks I yeah thought, yeah bargain i'll have one of those i was almost going to buy two of them yeah so uh, came in it like a nice little a nice little gift box yeah. if you ever want to give it to a friend but yeah, oh, cool. uh, definitely, definitely, it's probably the most useful tool you'll ever have. So, um, so yeah, but definitely need a round knife. Mm, so, interesting. Yeah. Mm. Cool. If, you, if you're looking for something, you, you may not even be looking for it on the day. You can said, like, visiting my mate at his property. I wasn't even thinking about a piece of railway line that day, but I was looking for a piece. And um, and then I was sort of, they were in there, in there. In the, outside there and i said oh you've got a long piece of railway line can i have a little piece of that and he said yeah of course yeah so yeah next time i came down got the blades and cut it and, and uh you know i gave him the two cutting blades as sort of a thank you, you know? yeah and uh yeah so just a little thing like yeah. that it's just it's not it's you can't just go to bunnings and <laughs> get a piece <laughs> of railway line you know it's, it's such an interesting um, thing to be looking for like yeah i don't know
0: why i don't know just yeah mm. yeah you just So just a, get like that yeah why did you think of getting a railway like because you just wanted something solid and you're like well a railway line is solid yeah well i use it at work so
1: oh yeah okay no. yep
0: yep so, Yeah, that makes sense
1: so you know and that inspires me a lot too because i think well if i find this really useful at work you know certainly if i had one at home it'd be just as good you know yeah so in a way i'm kind of trying to replicate my work environment to a degree as well mm. so um you know i'm not trying to reinvent the wheel i'm thinking well the things that obviously leather crafts and old crafts so you, you know you know there's no reason to change things too much as far as the actual process is concerned
2: hmm.
1: you know you still use round knives you still use you know you know bits and pieces that you know guys have been using for hundreds of years but the round knives they, they were, using them in the early 1600s or 1400s or something so,
2: mm-hmm.
1: so uh they've been around in quite a long time yeah so and they haven't really changed so uh you know it's good enough for you know last 500 years and there's no reason to change sort of thing so mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yes but it's uh yes yeah, that it's um it's, just enjoy the process and and uh you know what you can't buy, then you can make. What you can't make, you can probably get off for mate. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's a you don't need much really. At the end of the day, you I mean, um, know, if you're just making, you know, as long as you've got a good, a good solid table and a few hand tools, generally you can get by. And so, a cutting
0: mat, also, and like a yeah, punching and.
1: Well, yeah, cutting mats. Yeah, mm. yeah, I've got um, plenty of cutting mats around. Yeah, as well. So mm.
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm. Um,
0: Thanks for coming on, Steve. I appreciate it, and also the first video one as well. So,
1: no, it's good. As a being being your first interviewee, and now your first video. Oh, well, that's interview. what that
0: that was the thought behind. It was well, like who be there for every every new step in yeah. your in your in your career. Well, because um because <laughs> I because I wanted to like do the videos and yeah, I thought like who who wants to be the first person? And I was like, oh, I don't want to like the next person I ask on is like, oh, hey, by the way, we're doing an interview. I don't want to like drop it on him. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. well, Steve would yeah. be good. And plus like we haven't, you know, it's been like a year since the first episode, which yeah. is, um, yeah. So yeah. it's like, no, yeah. thanks for that, but Steve. It,
1: that's right.